you have the power inside of you to fix everything, to be happier, and to make things easier in your life. This is a direct quote from my friend Jeff Topps, who shares how his ego held him back until he figured out how to be the author of his own story and stop letting life write it for him. While this podcast is really for everyone, if you're in management or sales, today it's especially for you. It's Driving Change from ATI. I'm Jeff Berman. This podcast was created to improve our members' experience and to further assist with their growth. My hope is that you'll find the stories you hear from fellow shop owners relatable to where you are, where you were, or where you want to be. Ultimately inspiring you to take that next necessary step. You'll be hearing how others fought the same fight and what they did to get through it and come out better on the other side. Tune in each month for another inspiring story to drive change in your shop. So I'm here today with Jeff Topps from Keith's Car Care in Oswego, Illinois. Jeff is probably the only person I've ever met face-to-face that spells his name correctly. That's right. Like I do. That's right. Right? That's right. <laughs> we're, the, we're the correct Jeffs. That's exactly right. So I'm very honored to be sitting here with you today, Jeff. Um, so Jeff got his start right out of high school in the automotive career, or in his automotive career. Uh, in 1992, he spent about 10 years in a quick lube world. And then in 2002, he joined Keith over at Keith's Car Care. We're all familiar with what happened in 2008 with the Great Recession. Well, Keith unfortunately couldn't afford to keep Jeff. So in 2008, uh, he let Jeff go. But the good news is, is that it didn't last long because about three months later, uh, Keith decided to bring him back and the rest is history. So I'm going to let uh, uh, Jeff tell all that. But Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, my man. You are very welcome. Before I give you the floor, I just wanted to give everybody kind of a heads up about what uh, you're going to share here today. And the reason that I asked Jeff to join us is because I met Jeff Oh, God, what was it, about six months ago now? Yes. Uh, not face-to-face. Uh, Jeff was, uh, uh, I don't know, was it fortunate enough or, or just unlucky enough? I, I don't know what it is. But but uh, if any of you have ever been in the marketing class, you know that uh, we decide to embarrass you all. And um, I make these mystery calls to the shops. And Jeff was the proud recipient of the mystery call on the other side while he was back in Illinois. So uh, Jeff just floored us all away with how awesome he did on the phone. And um, I had to have him on the program after that. We're now meeting face-to-face. Yes, I had to be here after that. I want to thank you for doing this. I want to thank you for letting us share that call. So if anybody out there has heard the greatest phone call on earth, it's coming from my man, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) So that said, Jeff is going to talk today about what it's like to be a service writer, and the challenges that he's faced and how he's managed to overcome those challenges and not only work himself up through the ladder, but real soon he's going to be a shop owner. And by the way, Jeff, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 44. 44. God, you look so much younger. That's why I asked that. Black doesn't crack, sir. I wish I looked as good as you when I was 44. I'm almost 50. I look like I'm 70. All right. So that all said, Jeff, I'm going to give you the floor. Take it away, my friend. Appreciate it. Well, let me give you a little background. Uh, Like you said, I graduated high school, West Aurora High School in 1992. Wasn't really feeling the college thing. Parents wanted me to be an accountant. 
but that I, I'm not a numbers cruncher. I don't like sitting behind the desk trapped in a cubicle or anything like that. The main goal of that time, 1992, I'm a high school kid, was cars. How do I get my hand on cars? How do I work on cars? So easiest solution was work at the local quick loop. Put in some time at the quick loop, excelled, got up to being a manager position. So that kind of plateaued, got another offer from a different quick loop spot who saw me turning the numbers. Came in on that end, ran that quick loop for about uh, maybe four or five years at a time. I thought I thought it was the man at that point. I thought, hey, you know, I'm a manager. I'm what, 20, 21 years old. This is what people are doing. But I really wasn't happy with where I was going with that career. So can I ask you something real quick? Show me to interrupt. We'll put a pin in it if you can. When you're working at a quick loop, you know, new guy, new opportunity. I just want to kind of get back into your, you know, childhood brain if I can. Okay. Teenage brain. Okay. And, you know, you probably saw this as a great opportunity in that, Hey, it's somewhere to go. I like cars. This will be fun. Was there a point where you realized, you know what, if I want to be a mechanic, and I don't know if that's what you were thinking, but yes. if I want to be a mechanic, I can only go so far here. Was, did that ever cross your mind? Oh, yeah. That definitely crossed your mind because in the quick loop, yes, I was the man. But being that I like cars, when you go to the cruise nights and hang out with all the rest of the gearheads, you're like, hey, what do you do? These guys are like, hey, you know, I work at this dealership X or I work at dealership Y. And I'm like, hey, I change oil. You're yeah, not the yeah, man yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. So I don't like to lose. I don't like to be at the bottom. I like to be at the very top. So quick lubing wasn't going to do it. I was already maxed Ten out. 10 years is a long time, though. I mean, I, I'm a little I'm, surprised. A guy I'm, like I'm making you decent money, though. I'm making decent money. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm single at that time. You know, i got a couple of cars living at home with the parents. So I'm taking advantage of that. No rent. So it was good as far as the pockets go, but as far as ambition went, that, that's not where I wanted to be. That, that wasn't the outcome. I knew I wanted to be somewhere around an automobile, but I didn't necessarily know where. That was a good stopgap for that point in time. Yeah. So you don't know point. what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you don't know. So how did we go? How did we end up leaving the quick loop then? What, what happened? Well, it just, it just became monotonous. Just quick looping is some quick loops. The ones that I was at were just about turning numbers. Hurry up, get this in, get this out. And I like dealing with the customers. You know, I like the interaction with people and seeing new things and, hey, showing them what I know. After I learned so much at the Quick Lube, there was nothing else to grab on knowledge-wise. Hey, I know how to change oil. I know how to order filters. I can order stock. I can hire. I can fire. Okay, what's next? Back then, they weren't doing battery services. No, and, no. We're just 10-minute oil changes. breaks and stuff they're doing now. Right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. None of that stuff. So Fluids and... And filters. That's and it. That's it. As fast as you can go. Yep. You know? Okay. So moving on from that, um, applied at a few shops and got an entry-level job at Keys. So, you know, it was a GS job. Hey, I can change oil. Having no problem with starting at the bottom. Because like I said before, every oil change spot that I started at, the two that I started, I started as the entry-level guy, the GS, the, the grunt. So it wasn't like I was given any position. I had to go in and earn it. Mm -hmm. Fine. I'll start over. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Pay was good, worked for Keith, built my way up, started learning a little bit more as far as the tech side, but it was pretty overwhelming. I'll, I'll be right up front. But nothing that I couldn't handle. The way I got to the service rider side is that the senior tech that was there, an older guy, he was on the verge of retiring. He was on the backside of his career. He got offered the service rider position. He didn't want to take it. I'll take it. It's something new, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm that type of guy that... If I know how to do 
every spot on in the job. If I know how to write service, if I can go out and change oil, maybe I can bust some tires down, show a customer home. I'm the ultimate package. That's just boosting my ego. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. Let's boost my ego some more. Let's get in here. So we do some work. You know, I work my way up. Um, work my way up to the manager of Keith's. Um, how many years was that? That, that took me probably about three or four years to do that. That's pretty quick. I, I thought I was the man. Yeah. You know, he gave me a lot of responsibility. But at that point in time, fortunately, I was chasing a girl. Priority okay. for the girls a little bit higher than There's for the always job. a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and that chased me clear out of the state. Of I met Illinois. my wife in the shop, too. So did you marry her? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was a good idea at the time, but bad, bad judgment call. Yeah. So I left Keith's. Bad terms. You know, actually, I left them high and dry. I ain't going to lie. I walked out on them. I was supposed to come wow. into work after a 4th of July weekend and did not come back to work. Immediately got canned. Wait, wait, why? Why'd you do that? No reason. I couldn't. I can't give you a, a good reason for that. Well, try to go back in your brain a little bit. What were you thinking at that time? Thinking that... It doesn't have to be a good reason. Yeah, Just give me a reason. Think, you know what? I'll tell you what. I think the biggest thing I thought is that I had security. I thought, hey, you know what? I'm the man over here. You know, I can be late. I can miss a day. He ain't going to get rid of me. Guess what? He did. And so with that, you know, I ran up to Wisconsin, you know, chased the girl up there. Immediately didn't work out, you know. So I was only in Wisconsin for maybe four or five months. So I, I came back and I came back, tail between my legs, didn't know what to do. You know, ego was hurt. Attitude was was optimistic, but, you know, what it, it was what it was at that time. So I knew that I needed a job. So I went back to the familiar place and I was right back to Keith's. You know, hey, I thought I was the man, remember? So he didn't even entertain me at that point. It was it was a pretty dead issue. Like, hey, I want to come back. He kind of gave me the look like, yeah, right, whatever. You know. Wait, he didn't want to take you back after you left him high and dry? What you the hell's wrong with you? That's what I'm saying. This beautiful <laughs> face, you don't want it in your shop? <laughs> so, you know, again, I was like, you know, that's just him. You know, I'll do better. You know, I'll go home. I'll do my own thing. Well, that didn't pan out. Tried a couple of temp jobs or anything like that. And I was actually out one night um, bowling with my family and caught Keith at the bowling alley. So I cornered him. Hey, man, I want to work for you. He kind of hemmed and hawed and he gave me the opportunity to fill out an application. That was it. The opportunity to fill out the application. So I I took him up on it. It wasn't a a for sure thing, but I was like, yeah, well, if if he says yeah to the application, he's going to say yeah to me. There's no way you can say no. So I went back, filled out the application. Him and his wife, they probably kicked it around for a little bit, thought about it, and he let me back. Stipulation, I had to start all over again. Fine, no worries, I'm that guy. I'm gonna make it work, I'm gonna make it happen. So I got dirty, started back as a GS. Um, there was a woman service writer, uh, service manager that was there. Very, very nice lady, very easy on the eyes. That probably helped out her sales, you know. So this is the one who took over? And yeah. You- Yes. Got it. Wait, wait. Easy on the eyes. What are you trying to say? (laughs) You know, but again, you know, thinking that I'm the man, how can you, A, have a woman above you, and B, why am I, you know what I'm saying, not going to this position? You know what I can do. What is going on? So, you know, I did what I had to do for a period of time, and, you know, things... They progressed. You know, I got back to being a service writer. Everything was going well. back there kind of kicking the dirt every once in a while, going, damn, she's got my job. 
You know, it, it, it hurt a little bit. Yeah. It, it hurt a little bit. Once I got to the service rider spot, it was definitely a bunch of one-upmanship. Like, I'm going to outsell her, you know, right. and making a lot of excuses. Oh, she sold more than me because she was a girl. Oh, she sold more than me because she was batting her eyes or, well, you know. Well, you know, women do sell better than women in most <laughs> cases, so. <laughs> you know, but I'm not seeing that, you know. I'm not, I'm not even entertaining that idea. Yeah. It's all about me. It's the me world at that time, so. And it was like, why isn't, why aren't things happening for me the way that I want them to do? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. I'm the guy that you want in this position. Why isn't this falling into my lap? You know, it's supposed to be raining money on me right now. I'm that guy. Well, yeah. it didn't happen. Oh, wait, happened. So, you know what? I don't need to stop you, but I got to ask you something. You said earlier, he's going to start you at the bottom. Okay, I've done it before. I'll start over. But it sounds like while on the surface, you were saying that maybe you didn't necessarily believe it from what I'm hearing from you right now. Well, it, it was out of necessity that I had to take it because I have five daughters. You know, I'm on unemployment. Mortgage is coming up. I'm getting tired of sitting at home. Keith is where I wanted to be. You know, it's what I wanted to do. But yeah, like you said, you know, I had to kind of swallow a whole... You were willing to pay the price, but you really didn't want to. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I, 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 you know, it was a whole bunch of pride swallowing yeah. and ego stomping on my behalf to there mm -hmm. just to get me in there. You know, I put on a good show. Yeah, I came in with a smile every day, bouncing around this and that. Every day going home, unloading on the wife. Like, what am I going to do? I don't want to do this, you know. Again, I'm the, I'm the guy, you know. Right. I, I'm supposed to be selling. I'm supposed to be with the customers. Not in the back getting dirty, you know what I'm saying. Not pulling your car out for your oil change. As important as I was to the team at that point, I didn't realize it. You know, I'm still a cog in the machine, but at that point in time, I'm, I wanted to be the machine. I am right. that guy. Everybody else is just an obstacle in my way. Like I'm saying, you know, we progress. I'm, I'm moving up, selling sales and making money. Everything's happy. Sharon, the service writer, she's still in my way. You know, she's right. still, she's still right. holding my position. So I'm still kind of feeding into that. And then a wait happened. The bottom dropped out of that economy. So I saw a tech go home. I saw my wife get laid off from her job on Thursday. I walked in on Friday to get my paycheck. And, and the curious thing, or not the curious thing, the, the, the strange thing about it is that that morning, I actually told my wife, like, hmm, you think I'll get fired? You think I'll get laid off? And we we're kind of joking about it. She's like, nah, you're not going to get laid off. She thought I was going to get laid off. She was just giving me that wife gas that, you know, wives give the husband to get him out the door and give him a good day. You know, right, she, she right. kind of knew that, you know, Hey, you know, you're kind of the second in command. She didn't want to say it out loud. That would hurt my ego. You know, I'm that guy still, you know, right. if I'm right. the man at home, you know, I carry that with me. So I go there, I get laid off, you know, he brought me in the office, you know, explained, you know, he, he was emotional. So I knew, I believed him. He wasn't feeding me a bunch of smoke, but you know, I manned up, I gave him the, you know, thanks man. Thanks for having me. I walked outside and got in my car. Drove it around the corner, around the block, I'd say about a quarter mile. Pulled over and cried for a while, an hour or so. Like, you know, it's overwhelming. What, what was I going to do? Wow. You know what I'm saying? Where, where was I going to be at? You know, I got five daughters. You know, I got a mortgage. Five daughters. Five, five. One's in the Army, too, so watch out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, it was just overwhelming. Like, you know, what are you going to do? I went, I went so long feeling successful. So then all of a sudden, somebody snatched the rug out and I felt unsuccessful. I felt yeah. like a loser. I took it home, you know, got on unemployment. You know, that lasted about three months. And then I was kind of getting bored, but still kind of sitting back, kind of in my own feelings, getting my own way. And then Keith called me with an opportunity to come back. Come back, man. You know, 
things are looking up, you know, we've made some room, we're going to adjust for you, come on back. Nah, I'm making more money sitting at home on unemployment. Told him that the first week. He was kind of hurt. He was kind of hurt about that, you know. After talking it over with my wife, she's like, you know, we're going to be all right, you know. Why don't you just go ahead, go back, let's see what we got to do. Being that I was on unemployment, I thought that I had the upper hand. So I told him, hey, man, I don't want to work all week. I don't want to be a GS, but I'll do what I have to do to, you know, get back in the door. So he offered me the worst shift of my life, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday. But I could have the rest of the week off, you know. Wow. So it was better than nothing. Hey, I'm back where, at the place where I wanted to be. But again, I'm back down at the bottom. Again, that's taking the ego, giving it a swift kick between the legs, and I got to suck this up. It's hurting. It's hurting, you know, but I'm going to do it. I got to I got to make a living. I got to get I got to be positive. I got to keep this stuff going. OK, so got back in, did a little bit of work, progressed back up the service writer again. All right. So the service manager at that time, the same lady, still easy on the eyes. <laughs> so she gets an opportunity to get her own shop in Clearwater, Florida. Cool. So she moves. I get moved up basically by attrition. And nobody's thinking about that. Oh, I'm the man again. Right. Boom, I'm back in. You so, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I get a couple of service writers underneath me. You know, I probably ran them into the ground, ran them off of their job. They were, they were good guys, but they weren't doing what I wanted them to do. They weren't conforming to my needs, you know. And during that whole process, Keith allowing me to go back up, gassing me up a little bit, I felt like, hey, you know, I'm still that guy. I'm, I'm back in control. I'm that man again. I'm going to do what I want to do. Keith's got some processes in play. Nah, let me show him how to do it. It just, it wasn't working out. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, I butted heads more with Keith than what I wanted to, but I didn't know why. I didn't know what he was trying to do. I kept feeling like he was forcing me to do something. He was trying to get me to do things that wasn't me. Like, hey, you hired me. You accept me for who I am. I don't need to change. You change, you know. But I presented that to my wife one day, and it didn't go so well. She, what do you mean it didn't go so well? Well, she kind of sided with Keith on that. I came home one day and... Wait, wait, wait. Your wife didn't back you? You know, gingers, they don't have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> they leave you out high and dry. But yeah, you know, I thought that, you know, hey, I had my safety blanket on. You know, I run back home. I tell my wife. She's always got my back. You know, hey, I had a bad day at work. Keith, I wanted to take a day off. You know, Keith didn't allow me to do it. I went home like, man, how dare this guy? You know what I'm saying? I want to do this and that. You know, hey, we're supposed to go here. And she looked at me like, okay, what, what's the problem? A, we need money. B, you don't need the day off. Go to work, man. Stop right. being a pansy, you know? Right. So I got mad at her. You know? What are you talking about, well, lady? Because there's no way it could be you, right? It, no way. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? It's preposterous. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I took a ride on my bike, you know? I got a motorcycle, took a little quick spin, you know, gassed it up, got, got a little bit of the adrenaline, a little bit of the hate out, and I pulled it back into the park and into my garage. And I just, it's kind of hit me, like, okay. What are you going to do about you? Keith told you that you needed to change X, Y, Z in yourself. Eh, you're not listening. I wasn't listening to that. My wife's telling me I need to change X, Y, Z about myself. Wait a minute. That matches up. That matches up with what my wife's saying. Well, if there's two people saying it, how many other people are saying the same thing? Hey, what, what's the common denominator? What's the common denominator? Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, so, and I'm not that guy who likes to be gossiped about. I, I want to be liked. You know, I'll, I want to be in everybody's good graces or have everybody's respect. And at that point, it was disrespectful. 
but I, I didn't, I didn't know what kind of disrespectful. Hey, there was just this hate. It was just, oh, they're hating on me. You know, they don't, they don't see what I see. But then it was a more of a, yeah, man, wait a minute. They do see what they see you. You're not seeing what they see. So yeah, I, I planted that seed in my brain. Yeah, I need to do some changing. That was just words. You know, there was no action behind that. There was no, there's no gas to that rocket. You know, it was just sitting on the deck island, you know. So take it back to work, do some things. And then finally got kind of fed up with just rubbing up against the grain with Keith. You know, I got to, I got to live with these guys. I, that's my foxhole. You know what I'm saying? We do battle with broken cars and repairs. So I live with these guys 10, 12 hours a day. This is my family away from my family. And they're trying to lend me support. And I'm just looking at them like, what do you want? You're bothering me. But if they're investing time in me, what am I giving them back for their investment? A rough time, sandpaper attitude, you know, a big boosted ego that nobody's gassing up really except for myself. How did you come to this conclusion? I mean, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm the problem. Nah, nah. The problem is you have to look inside. You have to, there's, a, there's an old rap song that I listened to way back in the day by Das FX. And there's a line in there. It's called, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. That wow. right there is basically the motto. You have to get control of yourself before yourself gets out of control. And nobody's going to bring it back in line for you, separate, unless you do it. Everybody, like, your wife may correct you here and there, but she's already invested in you. You know what I'm saying? It'd probably be more expensive to get rid of you now than it would be to, you know what I'm saying, to try to make some big, great move that you're going to do. They, they know that, hey, you know, I got with him because of X, Y, Z. He's got this problem. It's fine. Do you want to correct that problem or are you satisfied with just living with the problem? Now, that's just the equivalent of, do you want to keep driving that car around with that loose tie rod in? You know what's going to happen. It's going to get real loose. It's going to break. It's going to derail you. Or do you want to do something and fix it? I wanted to do something and fix it. Not knowing what I had to do, but I had to do something. So, baby steps. You know, I'm not going to say it was like it was like a light switch. Like night or day, it happened overnight. You know, like you said before, I'm 44. You know, so I'm probably in bad habits for 38 of these years, 30, 37 of these years, you know, it, it, that's hard to shake that. So you got 37 more to unwind it? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got 37 more, 44 more to grow and be better, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Because yeah. it, it's got to be a nonstop process to get to the top. My problem is I thought I was the top. Mm -hmm. I thought you know, my last name's Tops. Hey, why not, right? You know, I am that guy. But even being, quote unquote, that guy, that guy's got to be like a sponge. She's got to absorb things, grow, and then spread that out to the guys underneath them so that when I'm gone, there can be more men like me. Now, I want to be unique. You know, I'm still going to have that attitude like, yeah, I'm going to get this done for you because that's, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to make sure that you are okay. Whether I tell you, give you the information and you take it with you, and you go to a different shop and you get it repaired, or if you let me take care of you fully like I would like you to do, it's all informational. I'm going to give you the chance to do whatever you want to do that makes you feel happy. And at the end, we'll both feel happy because you've done your job, you've accepted what I've said, and we're both going to make the best educated decisions in the meantime. You know, Most of the time, I'm going to see that same person back. So you went from this young, cocky, get out of my way because I know everything kind of guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To this confident, successful people person. Yes. Yes. 
And I don't know if I would say successful because I'm still working on that. Well, but success is measured a lot of different ways. Yeah, true. And I'm looking at you and I'm saying you're successful. Now, will you be that. more successful over time? Sure. Because you have that winning attitude. Yes. You okay. follow me? Um, but today, your success is what it is. Yes, exactly. So that being said, though, it sounds like this time where you asked for this day off and you didn't get it and you went home, you know, pouting and, and you know, butthurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and talking to your wife who didn't let you soak in your own crap and called you out on it. Right. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Whether that was this huge moment or a stepping stone moment, it was a moment yes. that had you look inside yourself yes. and start this journey of self-reflection and Absolutely. check yourself, right? Yeah, so, you, so you don't wreck yourself. So you don't wreck yourself, exactly. And you know what? More often than not, people have these moments where it's that time to open up that door to yeah. yourself and they yeah. don't want to open it. It's funny you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking is that how... How many of us have those moments and ignore them? How many times had you had those moments before that and ignored them? It was just this happened to be the time yes. that yes. the mirror was held up and you actually saw the reflection you needed right. to see. Now, some people got to sink to certain levels. You know, mine was four inches off the ground, you know what I'm yeah. saying, before I realized, hey, in a minute, I'm going to be on the ground and where the hell are we going to go with this? Yeah. You know, so hopefully by me getting this out, somebody can grab their door before they get too low. Figure it out. Ask yourself the tough questions. It's not going to be easy. Trust me. You don't want to tell yourself that you're you're just a jerk. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're not that guy. You want to be. And that's fine. That's fine. If you still have that drive and you're ambitious, put some gas to that. But if you think that you're already at that plateau, you're going to fizzle. You know? Trust me. I've been there. I've been there. Where I thought that I was the guy and, hey, nobody can, you know, top me or look at me. I look at what I'm doing. Now it's more along the lines of, you see these accomplishments I'm going getting done? You too can do that. Come on over here, man. Let's share some of this stuff. Let me let me tell you how you can do it just like me. What do you do? Oh, you do that? Let me grab that from you. Let me ask you this. Do you think that because of the success you're enjoying now, regardless of where you go later, but now, and reflecting on the work you had to do to get yourself there, do you feel like you are more appreciative of where you ended up or definitely. am I putting words in your mouth? Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. Because I don't know anybody who, well, let me stop speaking for everybody. I don't want to be the person that gets mired in their own stuff. You're your own worst enemy. I want, like, like I've been saying, I want to win. It's all about winning within yourself. So if my biggest opponent is me, <laughs> then I know all the ins and outs. You know, I know, I know the ups and downs. So if I have the other team's playbook already, I should be able to conquer this. And there's no reason why we can't get this done. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to grab one or two things a little bit here and there just to make a quick tweak or an adjustment. Now, some things got to be bent and broken and just you got to discard that. That's going to be hard. Some things don't need a big a tweak as it is. Maybe it's just a different word, a different step a different movement, maybe just a different pace or a process just to make it fit what's comfortable for you so it so, comes so, out. So you're saying that there's always something that you can do to make a change. Always. No something. matter how glim or dim or gloom, gloom the situation may be. That's right. To at least attempt That's to right. make a difference. You, you are the light. You are the light. To so it's situation. not the customer's fault that they don't have the money to nope. buy. Because how many times have we said, well, they don't have the money. 
Yeah, or it's not the uh, customer's fault because the, you know they've never had to do that before or they don't think that that's important or whatever the excuse is that they don't buy it or believe they should buy it. Right. Um, it's it's not the, the shop owner's fault because he didn't teach it to you or teach it to you correctly or that he ignored it or whatever. And, and the truth is, no matter how many you say that, they are all really to, at blame because they didn't do those things correctly. But the bottom line is, is if everybody took a moment and said, well, I can do this differently and I can do this differently and I can do this differently. Now, everybody involved yeah. is actually making progress towards some sort of positive end. Exactly. exactly. But we don't. We take the time to point the fingers everywhere yeah. so that we don't have to do a damn thing. That's right. The same energy it takes to point, just turn that finger back and point it at yourself. That's fantastic. You know, you, it, it's, it's not easy. And then by no means am I going to try to tell anybody that this is an easy process or this is a process that can be done in a day or a week or a month. But there are some things you can do in that day, in that week, in that month that could prep you going forward so that any transition you make is going to be easy. Remember, if you are in this position, you have to love it. I don't, it doesn't matter what position you're in. Right. If you don't love it, move. Yeah. If you don't like it, yeah. do something else. Yeah. But I love what I do. And that's very clear. I mean, anybody listening knows, you can tell. <laughs> that you, I mean, it's funny we, we spell our names the same because our passion is similar. Maybe that comes from that. I should thank my That's mother. I cursed her for years, but I, I, <laughs> how many, how many G offs were you in your life? <laughs> you know, I, I gotta, I, I gotta ask you this. If somebody had come to you at some point, cause you're now in, am I right about this? You said it, you're, you're three years into a five year or two years into a five year plan mm-hmm. to purchase Keith's car care, right? That's correct. So if I had come to you, say 10 years ago, well, let's go back 15. If I if I were to come to you 15 years ago and say, hey, Jeff, you think you'll ever own Keith's car care? I would have told you to get out of my face with that. Like, what? If I said to you, would you ever own any business? What would you have said? I would, no. Not this so you didn't go business. into this thinking you'd own nope. it? No. No. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that the guy you were 10 or 15 years ago would have ever had the opportunity to own this business? Not as, no, not at all. The guy that I was 15 years ago probably would still be getting in his own way if I was that guy today. Still mad at the world. Why is the He'd world? He'd be out there wrecking gone? himself. Yeah, yeah, wrecking himself because right. he didn't check himself. You know, you know, you got you got a ball before you fall. You know what I'm saying? So, so this opportunity is in front of you. Yes. I mean, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm I'm just trying to to understand this from your perspective. This opportunity is in front of you because you took the time to check yourself. That's because right. You you may change in you. You drop that chip. Mm-hmm. You turn that cockiness into confidence, and you went out there and you seized whatever it is you were looking to seize Had at to. that time. Yep. And now here you are, 10, 12, 15 years later, about to own a business. That's right. That's pretty impressive. It's all about the opportunities and how you get in front of them. You know, got to grab the the you know the bull by the horns and ride it or get ran over. Okay. Nobody wants to get run over. I don't. So. How do you do that? It sounds so damn simple. When it you say sounds it. simple because I'm on the simple part where I can tell people how simple it is. But I'm still learning. I'm still growing. That that's it. it. Once you turn that that learning mechanism on, once you can get yourself to open up to absorb new things, it's pretty it's pretty tough to shut it off now. So how do you go from from how dare him not give me that day off to all right, cool, I get it. You know, he doesn't have to give me that day off and be okay with it. Well, I had to. A little bit of history. 
he gave me a, he gave me a task that I would usually like just blow off. Like, hey Jeff, I want you to answer the phone with the scripts. And now you guys, I've heard if you guys have heard it before, the phone call I guess from what they say is pretty decent. <laughs> and I was against it. I, you know, it's like no way, yeah. man. I'm not. I'm not answering the phone with any script because if somebody calls me with the script, then, you know, I know that they're just a salesman and they don't care or anything like that. But he's like, look, so man, you believed a script was a bad idea yes. because it would sound robotic. Yes. It would sound disingenuine. Yep. And there's no way. Right. Yep. OK. I just want to make sure I understood yep. that. Keep going. No way that I would do it. But keep compromise. He says, OK, I'm going to just give you a basic outline of the points I want you to touch when you call in. Say these these three things in any order you want. And I said, can I say it the way I want? Can I put my personality in it? Sure, we'll go with that. And the rest was just in the books. You know, once it was that one little thing like, hey, okay, this, is, this isn't that bad. You know, I'm getting good response. So the script became a guide more yes. than it was a script. Yes, yes. I would definitely say it's a guide. So you had some some say in the outcome of this. Yes. You had some input in, in what that actually ultimately look like yes and as a result if i'm hearing you right now we got buy-in yes from both parties keith never stopped believing in me but i never thought that keith believed in me mm -hmm. you know to me i'm like hey man i i earned it i'm supposed to be here but seeing that he cared about me more than just a dollar maker more than just an employee as you know a member of his business family and bring him in. Now, backstory on Keith. Keith has four four sons. Any one of these sons. Wait, wait he has three. Three sons. He has three sons. You have four girls? Five girls. Yeah. Five girls. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> so any one of those sons. Sorry about number five. I didn't mean to miss you there. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Um, any one of them could have took over the business. I'm oh, honored. I see where you're headed with this. You know, yeah. I'm honored that yeah. there's three boys in line. You know, why aren't they taking why it? Why aren't they sure. taking it? You know, but he's he's willing to let me do that so if this guy wants to invest in me i can only return his investment by being the best employee or the best person i can be that's because i, I like the loyalty to him but i want my customers to be loyal to me so how do i keep this thing going it's all me i'm in the middle can can, it, can we dig a little deeper into this yeah. I, I don't i don't want to put you on the spot but I, I i'm fascinated by something you said so if you go back to what we were talking about earlier where you said you had to reflect on yourself and I asked you, hey, how do you go from being upset with him because you can't get the day off to being okay with it? And you told me the story about the, the phone skill or the, the phone script. And now we're partners in this phone script. Here's my question. If you were that guy from before that was mad about not having that day off, that guy that was ego driven, mm -hmm. right? Do you think he would have given you the opportunity to be a part of changing that script? Or do you think that maybe you've made some changes yourself at that point and now maybe he's seeing you a little bit differently i'm again i'm not putting words in your mouth i just want you to think for a minute you know was was there some changes you'd already made in yourself that allowed him to be a little looser and give you a little bit more leash so that you could be successful in this phone script i i think he always saw my personality as being my strong point but it's also the ego part of it is, is the backside. but i would say from his side of the vision, I definitely had more more good than evil. So instead of using my powers for evil and fighting against him, you know, he kind of, he was coaching me up, you know, but it was on me that was rejecting that, you know, until the point where I was just like, you know what? And it was, a, and that day it was a physical, just, okay, I'm going to do what you say. 
you know, and, right. I'm, and I'm expecting like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do it. It ain't right. going to work. I'm going to go back and tell them. I told you so. Yeah, well, in your brain, it ain't going to work. Yeah. There's no way to work. No way to work. It already failed before you even started. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So guess what? I did it. Guess what? It worked. Then I did it again and it worked. Then I did it again and owned it. And then it worked. And then I was like, ah, yeah. okay. So if I take what he's telling me, open myself up to some new stuff, but still be me because I didn't want anybody to change me from being me. This is this is going to make the better package. This is this is so complicated, but I'm going to try to uncomplicate it if, okay. if I can. If if you're softening up through this transition, he is coming at you in the past, he might say, this is what I want you to do, do it. Mm-hmm. And now he's coming at you saying, hey, let's figure out how to get this done. Right. Right. He's changed a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to get us all to see is, is that Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't have, but I'd be willing to bet that those changes that you saw in him were a direct result of the changes he'd already seen in you. I would, I would agree. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So because you started to go from being this, I'm untouchable, cocky guy, mm-hmm. okay, I'm at the top of Turd Mountain and I'm, I'm king of it. That's right. right. Okay. And, and humbling yourself just a little bit and showing that side of yourself. And, and changing some things about you and reflecting on you, I'm sure that didn't go unnoticed. Right. Yeah, I agree. agree. And if the best way to get change, I mean, you talked about customer service and all that. You know, you, you approach a customer one way, you're going to get a response. You approach another customer another way, you're going to get a different response. Exactly. It may not still be a purchase, but it'll be a different response. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing here. And I, I'm wondering if, you know, if you take a minute, because you maybe never went this deep, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Did his attitude towards you change because your attitude towards the business changed? I would absolutely have to say so because when he brought me back after begging for the application and, and haunting him down and chasing him down and getting back in and then working my way up to a writer, he was coaching me up and I was conforming slowly, but he never let up on that. He never let up on that, Well, on the coaching. But I have to agree with you now that you're saying it, his commands were getting less commandy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more like, hey man, what do you think? Instead of, this is what I think. Right. Right. And se- seeing that, I was like, well, now my my opinion is just as important. Any values it just as anybody else. So I am important, but I don't have to be. How old are your kids? Uh, 25, 23, 19, 25, 23. <laughs> 20, 19. I do the same thing. And it's okay. 13. <laughs> There's so many, it's impossible. So, do you treat your 25 year old the same way you treat your 13 year old? I try to, but no. You can't. Can't. 13 year old brain doesn't work the same yeah. as a 25 year old brain, right? Exactly. And that 25 year old, I'm sure you're not treating the same way as you did when she was 13. No, absolutely not. Right? Uh-huh. So, we grow, we evolve, we yes. mature. Yes. And we change how we respond to those people as they mature. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. So I'm hearing what you're saying about the business. To me, it's the exact same thing. Am I missing this? Oh, no. No. Exact same thing. You've matured. Yep. So he treated you like 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 you were, like an immature, cocky, whatever. Okay. And then when you matured, he treated you differently. Yes. I can see that now. (laughs) Then it's an issue, you know. But once again, it took me to go inside myself to say, look. This isn't where you want to go. It's obviously not the light you want to paint or the picture you want to paint for everybody. Stop. Are you on the right track doing what you need to do? 
If not, change it. That is, it's just that simple. Now the action may be hard, but the thinking is just that simple. You know, somebody looking at you without knowing the story might say, man, you're a lucky guy, right? Sure. You know, Keith, you know, you, you walked out on him, he brought you back. Then he let you go because the economy, and then he brought you back. You even said no, and he still brought you back. You know, boy, you're a lucky son of a bu- son of a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe you're lucky. I, I think it's got a little bit to play in it on the second time, you know. I, I believe your path you're on is because of the effort you put into forging that path for yourself. And one would say luck is not really luck at all. Luck favors those that, that are prepared. Yes. And you 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 did things to bring luck your way. Yes. Let's put it that yes. way. Yes. I, I I tried to put myself into opportunities, bad or good, that somewhere down the line could benefit me at some mm-hmm. point. Okay, I rubbed Keith the wrong way. When I came back, I'm it wasn't, hey, bro, you gotta give me a job. I had to apologize. Mm-hmm. And I apologized. And I apologized. And I apologized. And I apologize. <laughs> so how many is that? <laughs> <laughs> right? They're probably like 12. And yeah. I still tell them to this day, like, yeah. man, you know, I'm, I'm truly sorry. Because looking back on it, everybody wants, everybody thinks they're at the position they want to be. Until you check yourself. Are you there? I mean, shop owners, are you there? Is this, is your shop doing what you need it to do? Is it where it's supposed to be right now? Check yourself. You know, if, if you think you're doing great, have somebody else check yourself. Have two or three people. They're saying the same thing. They're not, it's not three people being wrong. You know, it's funny you told that story about what happened with Keith and then your wife, you know, acknowledged what he said, not saying it, but you and your brain, you're like, they're both saying the same thing. You know, on a previous podcast, I'd interviewed somebody who had said, he was talking about similar things himself and he's the problem. And, and, and I had said, Greg, um, wait a minute. How do you find these things out about yourself? And you know what he said to me? Just ask somebody. Yeah. Ask your friends. Yeah. Ask your wife. Yeah. Right. You want to know the truth? Ask your wife. There's the person and, to and, ask. And prepare yourself for the worst answer that you're ever oh, yeah. going to hear in your life. And know it's brutally honest. Yes. And yes. it is the truth. Yes. And this is what you need. You you need to be baptized in the truth so you can see the light. You know? And and it's just it's just that simple. You know, because everybody's got a picture that they paint of themselves. Until they see the picture that somebody else painted from mm-hmm. And the first thing you think is, what is wrong with this guy? Right. I ain't like that. Uh, this guy thinks I'm crazy. What was he talking about? Just take a second. Think about that. What did you do in your life to present that picture to that person that that's the idea that they got from you? Because mm-hmm. people just don't walk in like, hey, Jeff, I see you. You got a striped shirt on. <laughs> he must be a jerk. I'm out of here. It doesn't work like that. Oh, it doesn't? That's <laughs> the way I thought it worked. <laughs> it's, that, it's that first What's that? You only get one time to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And that impression, you have to build on that, build on that, build on that, and grow it, water it, grow it, give it some light, give it some food, grow it. If it's a weed, own your weed, change it into something else. And if and if you don't like that weed, pull it out, plant another seed, do the same thing. You'll get to where you're going to get to eventually. But you got to be happy with yourself along the way. Otherwise, you're in for a long, hard ride. And good luck to you. So if I'm a service writer listening to this podcast, what would be the one thing you'd want me to take away from this? You can do it. it don't, don't worry about negative. Don't worry about failing. Don't worry about customers, you know, giving you pushback. Don't worry about text beating in your ear. You have the power inside of you to fix all of this stuff, to make it happy, to make it easier. It's, you, you give people bad news every day. 
you are the good news of the bad news. Wow. I like that. You know? Yeah. So it's just, you have to live well, like You know, that. we're a business of pain. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You so you, you can it. either soften the pain or make it more painful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we do it every day, day in, day out. So if something has to be the light in the darkness, why not you? Mm-hmm. Why not you? Because if it's not you, it's going to be me. You don't want me to take all your coaching, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was well said. I think we should end on that note. What do you think? I appreciate it. It's good. Jeff, this was fantastic. Thanks for joining appreciate us. Really appreciate being here, it. man. I love it. Okay, everyone. Sharpen your pencils. It's time for reflection. I'd like to start by thanking Jeff for his brutal honesty in his experience up till now. I think it's fair to say that when you listen to what Jeff had to share, he didn't hold anything back. And I believe that's why we got so much out of this podcast. Before we get into the meat of Jeff's story, there's a few things he touched on that I'd like to just quickly uh, discuss. So the first one is when he talked about his experience in the quick lube world. He spent 10 years as a quick lube technician. This is probably one of the most difficult environments we've ever been in for finding staff, especially technicians. The baby boomers are retiring. Uh, There's just a huge gaping hole in our employment pool, and it's impossible to find really good staff right now. And the only way you're going to really get them is to groom them, grow them, train them, and, and create what you want. Well, where better place to find them than in a quick lube environment where they already have some skills, especially now where a lot of these quick lubes are taking over a lot of the, the work that we do. They're, you know, they're doing brake work now, batteries, air conditioning, tire rotations. I mean, they're really, really getting into our maintenance world. While that's not a great thing, it can be in terms of what they're training the staff that works there. They're only still going to go so far you have a chance to bring them into your world. So uh, if you're struggling for finding good people, I'm going to encourage you to get out there and take a car to a quick lube. See what that brings you. The second thing I wanted to point out was the phone script. You know, I, I know some of you maybe don't even think that's important, or maybe some of you have tried it and it didn't work out. And I think that there was a big lesson in there in how it was approached. You know, Keith didn't force it on him and say, follow this script and read it exactly the way it's written. He gave him some understanding of the spirit of why it was written the way it was and gave Jeff the opportunity to own it. As a result, he has sick phone skills. He really, really does. So I I would encourage you to think about that. What is your phone script? How important is it if you have one? If you don't get one, Uh, ask me, email me. I'll be happy to send you what we have. And just make sure that we don't create robots with this. The script really isn't about that. It's about giving us some guidelines, some understanding of why we answer the phone a certain way, what the spirit of that really is, and letting that individual find their way through that and own it. For some of you, Jeff's story hit just a bit too close to home. For all of you, I'm sure you can relate in some way, shape, or form. His experience was not that unusual. We all struggle with ego in some way, and certainly did when we were younger and we had our pre-adult brains. 
Here at ATI, we have 24 fundamentals. Every week we highlight at least one of them and we discuss them as a company and as a department. Fundamental number three says, check the ego at the door. Our own egos and personal agendas must never get in the way of doing what's best for ATI. Don't take challenge personally or defensively. Being concerned with who gets the credit, who looks good, or who looks bad is counterproductive. Make sure every decision is based solely on what will best advance ATI's goals. All of you could take that fundamental, replace ATI with your company name, and use that to get everyone on the same page with ego. I see it all the time, whether it's someone I'm talking to with a phone or someone I see in class, ego is constantly getting in the way of progress. It is the biggest thing that will hold any of us back. Being able to put our ego aside and look at what's possible, opening our brains to new ideas and to explore the fact that somebody else might actually have a better answer than us, those things will never happen if we hold on to our ego. If we believe we are right and it's the only way, most often our way might not be a bad way, but it's likely somebody else has an even better way. That's how we make progress. That's how we innovate. That's how we grow. Instead of having ego and trying to have all the answers and be right, I would challenge you to be curious and ask more questions. And by doing so, you'll not only learn and grow and innovate, but you'll check that ego at the door. What are the common denominators in your life? You know, we're all in denial about something. How many times has the mirror been held up to you and you ignored it? Are you still playing the blame game? Blaming someone else is not going to get anything done. As Jeff said, it's just as easy to point the finger back at you instead of pointing it at someone else. And if everybody does that, progress is made. But if everybody stands in a circle and points the fingers, nothing will ever get done. One of my biggest takeaways from what Jeff said was, you are your biggest opponent. You're really only competing with yourself. Boy, that was powerful. It doesn't matter what somebody else does. It only matters what you do. And you need to be the best version of you you can possibly be. But you can't do that if you don't love what you do. Again, a very powerful statement that Jeff made. You have to love what you do. I think no one would deny that Jeff doesn't love what he, do what he does. He clearly loves what he does. And I think that shows not just in what we heard in the podcast, but in what he does every day. People connect to that. You've, you've heard Chubby and others say that no one's going to believe you if, if you don't believe in yourself. No one's going to buy from you if you don't believe it's important. Well, that's true. And if you really just take a moment and from a helicopter view, look down and, at, at what was said in this podcast, if you take nothing else away, take the fact that a positive person who believes in himself and believes in what he's doing and loves it, that person's going to be successful. If you don't love what you do, He's right. Maybe it's time to find something else to do. Here's a simple test to find out if you love what you do. Ask yourself, when a challenge arises, are you the person who's going to complain about it and say, that's not my fault, that's not my responsibility, that's not my problem? Or are you going to own it? Are you going to embrace it? Are you going to look at it as a challenge? And are you going to say to yourself, we need to make this better. There's got to be a way. Are you going to seek out solutions 
If you're the first, maybe you need to take a look at how much you love what you do. If you're the second, you probably absolutely love what you do because you want to make it better. Is it possible you're being treated exactly the way you treat others? If you don't like the way the boss or the employees treat you, take a moment and look at how you treat them. One thing's for sure, you will get what you give in this life or reap what you sow. If you want things to be different, you have to be different. When you change what you do, how you do it, how you talk to people, what you say, your eye contact, your body language, your tone, the people around you respond to that. They have to. It's the law. Give it a try. See if you don't see a simple change in you doesn't create a simple change in the people around you. When you're speaking to staff or customers, coworkers, family, or even friends, do you soften the pain or do you make the pain more painful? That was really a huge takeaway for me. I can think of experiences where I've been a customer of a business and the person that I was talking to, I was looking for them to ease my pain and all they were doing was making it worse. There isn't a single soul listening that hasn't had that experience. We need to take lessons from these experiences. What can we do to make sure that no matter what, our job is to ease the pain of the person we're dealing with, to recognize and own the fact that they're even having a moment of pain to begin with? And what are we going to do to help that person feel better? That's really our job, isn't it? If everyone around us felt better, wouldn't the world around us be better? Jeff closed by saying, you can do this. Nothing he shared in his interview with me was hard. The hardest part is wrapping your head around it and actually getting started. Once you do, this will take on a life of its own. The momentum will start to move and the world around you will change. It's not going to change overnight. It will take time, but you'll see results pretty quickly. Pick something, anything, something small. Get started. Don't just listen to this and think, wow, that was really good. Do something with it. Take a piece of paper if you haven't already taken notes and figure out one thing you're going to do differently when you go into the office tomorrow. Just one. Maybe it's something as simple as a smile or a handshake. Maybe it's genuine appreciation for a job well done, not just thanks for your efforts today. Maybe it's just the tone in your voice when you're communicating with somebody or making sure that not just your face smiles, but your eyes smile too. Pick something small, stay with it for as long as you need to and pay close attention to the people around you and see if it doesn't make a difference. I wanna thank Jeff once again for an incredible interview. There were so many things that, that I reflected on. It was an incredible interview and I hope you all gain something from it. You have been listening to Driving Change from ATI. If you liked what you've heard today and feel you have something compelling to share with your fellow shop owners, we're waiting to hear from you. You can contact me, Jeff Berman, by emailing podcast at autotraining.net. Let me know what it is you can't wait to share and how I can reach you. 
make sure you follow this podcast so you're notified when the next podcast is available. If you're unfamiliar with ATI and you want to learn more, you can check us out online at autotraining.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.